0: Welcome to Storytime with T.L. Rutledge. This is your narrator speaking. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Chapter 5, Blood of the Wolf, 1204, Italy, the Alps. Through the driving snow and wind of a violent blizzard, A lone figure could be seen hiking along the winding, treacherous road to the Italian Alps. The snowstorm beat down on him heavily as he struggled to take each step. With only animal fur on his back, his feet, hands, and face were exposed to frigid air, and his body shook with the cold. Marcus continued to hike the rugged mountain trail, and he slipped several times on layers of snow and ice that were rapidly growing deeper. Just when he rounded a corner of a trail that was precariously close to a steep drop, he slipped once again. He felt his bottle, body tumbling toward the edge, and he threw his arms out, desperate for anything to stop his fall. His hand caught a broken boulder, and a jagged edge sliced deeply into his palm. Arr! Marcus shouted in frustration, but his voice was quickly lost in the snowstorm. His blood oozed out of the gash, and pain coursed through his arm as he gripped his hand with his other fist. The cold would soon get to the wound, possibly freezing it, and he knew he would needed to take care of it quickly. He tore a small strip from the animal skin he wore upon his back and prepared to wrap, it, wrap his hand with it. He loosened his grip and the blood dripped down, landing in the snow like rose petals on a blanket of white. As he shredded the animal skin with his teeth in order to tie it, he suddenly felt a searing pain. He washed the wound as it miraculously closed up on his own, not even a scar remained then, and the pain was somehow gone. He touched his hand and it looked just like it did before he cut it. He would have thought he imagined the whole ordeal except for the blood that was still fresh upon the snow. He shook his head in amazement unable to wrap his mind around what just happened. He ventured off the road to rest for a moment behind a rock which sheltered him from the unrelenting wind. He inspected his hand a second time and still found that it was completely healed. More and more, Marcus had been noticing other things about his body that were different than before. For instance, the way he responded to the cold. While he felt the bitterness, the freezing temperature did not harm him or slow him down at all. Though he only wore animal skin on his back, he didn't have any frostbite. He was desperate to discover what had happened in the missing hours of his life, right after he had been attacked by that beast in Constantinople. He was only able to recollect a few things. And even those memories were completely clear. He remembered lying in the surgeon's tent and remembered Alexander being at his side. Then there were only flashes of pain and thoughts that he couldn't explain. He often examined the gruesome scar on his shoulder and remembered the terror he felt when he received it. Every night he had nightmares about the beast. In his dreams he wanted to fight it to kill it but instead he became the monster itself. Each nightmare was the same First, he saw a full moon in the night sky, then a horrible transformation would begin in his body. It was extremely painful and strangely vivid for a dream. His skin and appearance would take the form of the beast that attacked him. Thick fur grew over his body, his teeth elongated into fangs, his body twisted and contorted as new muscles burst through as his na- and his nails became razor-sharp claws. After the transformation was completed, he couldn't control his actions. He was helpless to the whims of the beast he had become. Terrified, he would force himself awake. After awaking from these nightmares, Marcus was always overwhelmed by the the excruciating pain. He had begun to wonder if these visions were truly dreams, or if they were somehow really happening. That thought always made him shudder. The remarkable healing of his wound was only one of the newest discoveries Marcus had made regarding his body. His senses were now enhanced in ways he couldn't explain, especially his vision. He could see easily in the dark, as if he were wide awake in the daylight. As he lay against the rock, he closed his eyes and took in a deep breath. The crunching of snow made him sit up, alert, and once again he remembered that he was on his own in the wild. He pressed his back against the stone and hid himself from whatever danger lurked near him. The sounds grew louder, even louder than the wild winds around him. He covered his ears to try to suppress the sound, but no matter what he did, he couldn't block out the noise. Now he heard a low growling sound all around him as well. He frantically searched his surroundings, yet saw nothing but the snowstorm. He jumped up and searched around the rock, but still, he found nothing. Through the haze of a violent snowstorm, he couldn't see anything at all. Still, the growling became even louder than before. He decided to leave his temporary shelter to discover the source. He wandered out into the storm blinded by the snow as it assaulted his face. After walking for what seemed like a mile with his hands covering his ears, the sound suddenly disappeared. He breathed a sigh of relief, but then suddenly was pummeled by a mind-numbing ringing in his ears that forced him to his knees. He covered his face in the snow until the sounds faded away. He breathed slowly as he looked up from the snow and instantly became frightened by what he saw. A wolf was staring directly at him, less than three feet from where he was kneeling. Marcus started to stand, but quickly noticed others had surrounded him. With no weapons to defend himself, he readied his fists. One larger wolf circled him and approached slowly. It came within inches of Marcus, but didn't attack or even growl. It only sniffed him, as if he didn't know what he was. It brushed up against him as it circled him closely until it reached his face once again. Marcus wasn't sure what to do. He had never seen wolves act this way before, especially towards a human. Marcus decided to remain perfectly still and not make any sort of movements. He didn't want to anger the wolves nor scare them. The wolf neared his face and looked directly into his eyes. There was a peace in his gaze, neither anger nor fear, but instead familiarity. In a strange way, Marcus felt connected to the beast. He couldn't explain it. The other wolves turned to leave, and Marcus had a strange feeling that he should follow, almost like an instinct. He stood and followed the pack, and they didn't flee. He was surprised to see that they actually welcomed him. He walked with them through the storm for a long while until he found himself at the entrance of a small cave. He had to crawl in to fit inside, but it was warmer there than in the storm. He lay upon the stone where he could fit and was immediately surprised when the rest of the wolves lay down around him. Marcus still didn't quite understand what was happening, but he remembered Alexander telling stories of wild animals finding and caring for lost children. Somehow Marcus didn't think this was the case here. First his enhanced senses followed by his strange dreams, then his wounds rapidly healing, and now wolves treating him as if he was one of their own. The pieces of the puzzle began to put themselves together in his mind. He remembered that the beast in the dungeon had wolf-like features. Then he thought about the scar that marked his shoulder. Did the beast perhaps infect me with some kind of venom? Marcus pondered to himself. Though he never heard of a venom having the effects like the ones he was experiencing. He tried to connect the lost hours. Had he truly become the beast like he saw in his nightmares? He thought hard, but couldn't remember the events that took place. He hoped he didn't harm anyone, especially Alexander. He remembered lying on the surgeon's cot, and he remembered awaking in the field. There could only be one explanation for everything that had happened to him. Marcus concluded that he must have transformed into the beast. Even that conclusion didn't satisfy him, however. He wanted to know what the beast was and how to control it. If only he knew of someone he could go to with his questions, especially his biggest concern yet. What would happen to him if another be had another blackout? As he lay in the cave with the wolves keeping warm around him, he began to drift off into a much-needed sleep. His nightmares haunted him in his sleep once again, but he didn't force himself awake. This time, he allowed them to take their course. He, had, he could see himself as the beast. He was running through the trees, chasing someone or something. He reached out his hand and grabbed the creature he was chasing. It was Alexander. Marcus tried to force himself awake, but instead something else did. An echoing roar so loud it shook him awake. Marcus bolted upright to find the wolves were all on alert as well. Some were growling at the cave's entrance while others stuck close to him. He wasn't sure what awoke him but apparently the wolves had heard it too. Marcus crawled his way towards the entrance and looked out into the storm. He couldn't see anything, but he knew better than believe nothing was out there. He tried to focus his hearing on the sound that awoke him. Instead of hearing the same roar as before, he now heard a high whistling howl. This sound was much different than the wolf or anything he'd ever heard before. Marcus felt a pull to stay with the wolves, but his curiosity won as he crawled out into the storm. He wandered away from the cave and walked for a while. He knew the storm wasn't going to let up any time soon, and he had already wasted time. Getting home was his first priority. For several nights the strange roaring and howling echoed through the mountain air, seeming, like, seeming to grow closer every night. It had been troubling him for days since he first witnessed it, and after a week of sleepless nights, it was beginning to take a toll on him, even in his strong constitution. Even more troubling was that the wolves would flee in terror at this haunting call, and one night he witnessed a bear running from it. He could not explain why, but that strange, unfamiliar sound sent a fear into him that shook him to his very being. As Marcus moaned this over and began to give into fatigue, he heard it again, that deep roar. It sent shivers up his spine and caused his every sense to become heightened for the beast was closer than before. He knew he needed to move right now. He needed to continue on his path and get away from here. He covered his face with the animal fur and peeked out around the corner to find the path was clear. He stood up and slowly started to continue on on the path through the Alps. He pressed forward slowly and steadily, all while pausing to look behind him. Still, nothing was there. The snow piled up as the blizzard stormed on, making the path to the Alps nearly invisible. No longer able to see the path, Marcus stopped and knelt down, trying to find the path again by shifting the snow around, but was unsuccessful. Great! Just great! I'm lost! And there's a massive beast out here with me, and this blizzard isn't letting up! Marcus was growing anxious, anxious. and the more he tried to suppress his fear, the more the fear consumed him. He looked back once more to ease his distress, and to be sure he was alone in the wilderness. To his dismay, looking back proved that his fear had not become a reality. He was no longer alone. About twenty feet away stood an eight-foot beast covered in snow-white fur with black claws on his hands and feet, beady black eyes, and two thorny gray gray antlers on each side of his head like a giant version of a mountain ram. The creature was looking in another direction, but appeared not to have noticed Marcus standing there. Marcus used this to his advantage and quickly darted away from the towering creature. He wasn't fast enough, however, because a quick glance over his shoulder revealed the creature was now in hot pursuit behind him, running on his hind legs with his arms stiff at its sides and his head low like a charging bull. Terrified, Marcus tried to run faster, but he made the mistake of continue, continuing to look behind him as he ran, causing him to lose his footing and tumble down a rough icy hill. He landed hard upon his back, and he lay there as he saw the creature at the top of the hill staring down at him. What is that thing? He thought to himself as he continued to watch him. Marcus hadn't realized that he must have fallen over 20 feet. When, when he attempted to stand, he heard something crack beneath him. He stopped moving and cleared the snow out from beneath him. He soon realized that he had not fallen onto solid ground, but instead, he was standing atop a frozen lake. His fall must have several, broken several layers of the ice. He carefully took a large step away from where he landed, but the creaking followed his movements. I don't think drowning in ice water is something I can heal," Marcus worried as he cautiously moved through slowly across the lake. The cracking became less constant, then stopped altogether. Marcus sighed with relief; he was finally in the clear. He started to move again, and this time the creature didn't follow. He knew better than to jump on the ice," he thought to himself as he looked back again to make sure he wasn't chasing after him. He could feel himself descending down the mountain now, and as the snow and sleet began to let up, it became clear that he was indeed closing in on the end of the path through the mountain range. Down below, he could see France through the thin clouds that had all but blown away, making the sky nearly clear as glass. Just one more country before I'm back in England once again. It has been far too long since I've laid eyes on my homeland. Marcus thought to himself, though more than a little homesick for the first time she joined the crusades. Thank you for listening to Chapter 5, Blood of the Wolf. The story will continue with Chapter 6, On the Road Again, in the next podcast. If you want to ask me questions or tell me what you think of the podcast and the book, um, head, over, head on over to my Facebook um, author page. It's under Tim Rutledge with the blue check mark. Um, there, there is a link on my page that will send you to Anchor, which is the podcast um, software that I use. Um, there, you can record a message or question, and I can feature it on my next podcast. If that's all you want to do, um, head over there and do that. Thanks. Have a good weekend, guys.